Welcome everybody and today I have the great pleasure of introducing to you the Reverend Leslie Peters RN. Combining wisdom, knowledge and experience, Leslie is an inspirational speaker with a unique conversational style, engaging and inspiring audiences as she shares stories of her life with heart. And heart actually means honesty, empathy, acceptance, respect and trust. Leslie's life purpose is to teach you how to turn adversity and trauma to advantage and unconditional love. I'm really looking forward to hearing more. So welcome, Leslie. How are you today? I am fabulous. Thank you, Leslie. How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, good. It's the, end of, it's the end of my day. So <laughs> Yes, it's the beginning. Well, thank you so much for having me on. You're um, very I'm welcome. There. I'm, I'm really interested in your profile um, in terms of the kind of problems that were disruptive in your life and those two that you those that you work with. I wonder whether you'd like to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, well, luckily for most of my life, like the the challenges, uh, the neurodiverse challenges that I've faced, I wasn't aware of that most of my life. And um, pre-technology, I was able to find ways of compensating for some of the challenges I face. And it's always hard to tell my story because I, since the age of two, um, I've lived my life kind of just listening to my intuition. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really think much about what I was doing, I always say I felt my way through life. You know, if it felt good, I did it. If it didn't feel good, I didn't do it. And it made life really simple because it took like, you know, there was no overthinking, uh, even decision-making, you know, big decisions. I followed my heart. And um, when I tried to think it through, um, I usually made the wrong decision. So, I didn't know why I lived my life that way. Um, you know, past couple mm -hmm. of years for me have been, I went on this deep spiritual journey within and so, <laughs> some mm -hmm. crazy, bizarre, interesting, wonderful stuff happened. But I learned to self-hypnose. And so I uncovered a lot of my life through writing under self-hypnosis. And that's where all the pieces really started to come together as to why I did what I did. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, I just lived such an amazing life for having, I mean, I, sexual abuse between the ages of two and 12 by a parent. And, mm -hmm. you know, according to writing, there were like five incidences, different people, family members, and, you know, I still to this day don't have recollection of it, but what was really weird is when I was writing about it and it came out, it came out in child's handwriting and it was oh. like the most bizarre thing. Um, but yeah, I think basically to, to sum it up, I, it's sexual abuse and then emotional neglect, a lot of gaslighting. Like when around the age of 12, um, mm -hmm. I think I dissociated a bit from ages two to 12. And I actually used the success principles and all these theories from science that are now evidence-based that I don't think anyone knew of back then. Mm -hmm. um, but 
it was sexual abuse, gaslighting. Um, when I was 12, I came around to say no to the person who was abusing me. And that's when the gaslighting and the verbal and verbal abuse started and the emotional, I guess, manipulation. Um, mm. You know, and so it was just when I when I say I use success principles for all my life, I don't know why I did this, but I do remember saying the world's a loving, accepting place. I am safe. I am safe. The world's a loving, accepting place. I just remember throughout my childhood repeating that mantra over and over. And I didn't know why or where it came from. I mean, I was young, like, and nobody taught me it. And a couple of years ago, um, when I uncovered some brainish cognitive function issues. Mm. Um, I went into my younger self and I said, wow, that was amazing. How'd you do all this with like this, <laughs> with the organic brain trauma and the traumatic brain injury? And, um, you know, she wrote back, like, I said, how did our brain get like this? And mm. she said, the car accident. And I'm like, oh, and I remember hearing I was in a car accident with head trauma at the age of two. But Long story short, she's like, we were given this brain. I'm like, uh, this sounds really cool, yet really creepy at the same time. I was not a religious person mm. or a spiritual person. Um, at least I didn't think I was. And she's like, we we're given it to love and teach people to love and forgive. And, you know, it was just from that point on, like I took myself back to various times when I had near death experiences and the feeling of love in I guess what was a near-death experience you know I just yeah. remember seeing myself at the age of two in a hospital and just crying going don't send me home please don't send me home and then all of a sudden I felt this incredible warmth and a voice yeah. that had no sound and it just said you have to go home you're your life will be hard, but you will always be safe. And what I'm doing for you, you will do for others. And I'm, and I mean, like I was, I was under self hypnosis, but I could, it was the weirdest experience ever. And this again was just a couple of years ago. And, and I felt that warmth and that safety. And all of a sudden dawned on me, my whole life, people had just said, I feel so safe with you. And I went, Oh my God, this is so cool. You know? So Wow. The reason I'm telling you this is because all the things that I was guided by intuition to do at a very young age, you know, I take credit for listening, but beyond that, um, mm -hmm. I was graced with the visioning and affirmations and heart coherence and all of these things now that are evidence-based. That's how I was able to turn trauma to love and to perceive everything in my life mm. as a gift and a gift intended to make my life better. And from that, I was able, I don't remember ever being angry um, at my parents mm. somehow. I just knew they were hurt and they loved me and it just wasn't a great kind of love, but it yeah. was the best they had, you know. Does that kind of answer? It's a very long yeah, and no. disjointed story and it's hard <laughs> to pull it together because, you know, I, in hindsight now, as I'm looking back at my life, I, when I was out in the world, um, which started at the age of 16, I, 
you know, I really think I was spiritually awake, but asleep to the fact that I was awake. And then when I go home with my family, you know, even my husband, when I got married and I'd put the armor on, I came back to the third dimension and life wasn't so good. And I never understood why out in the world life was amazing. But yeah. Yeah. So I don't understand that. Yeah, it does. It does. It's it's intriguing. And there's a couple of things that I want to cover there. Firstly, Mm -hmm. uh, talking about armor. Do do you think we all have a degree of armor? Absolutely. And I, you know, I think it's just a natural response. I mean, my expertise is in trauma and the long-term consequences of childhood adversity. It's not even adversity. It's whenever you don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. emotionally or physically real or perceived right so it I think whenever we get a negative emotion when we're younger and if we're not taught to that that emotion really means nothing about us and once we internalize it I think we instinctively start to hide ourselves and I think what happens is we hide ourselves so well that by the time we're adults we can't even we don't even know we're hiding that's how well we're hiding Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always this kind of internal conflict and what I've seen in my life, you know, and it's the armor, but really it's, it's alignment and it's, it's, um, it's being able to honor yourself mm-hmm. and follow what well, brings you joy, regardless of what the world says. Yeah. What, ki- what kinds of armor? Do you come across with people, children, children and adults? How does that? Well, display? you know what? Here's a crazy thing that I discovered. Like, oh, so when I was 16, right? Like, mm-hmm. I most of my life, I guess I had this connection to spirit, but I wasn't aware of it most right. of my childhood, right? And then I remember in high school, like. You know, I was always this weird philosopher type, which doesn't go over real big. You know, I mean, ninth grade, like small talk doesn't work for me. I, I take people deep and I take them quickly deep. Yeah. And so that, you know, so I remember at one point in high school trying to be like everybody else. And, you know, mm. I drink and I'm not a really big drinker. Like I don't handle alcohol well, mm. like one drink and that's it. I'm done. And that made me feel worse because not only did I not feel connected to my family or friends, I didn't feel connected to me. And I just kind of felt lost and empty. Right. And so that was because I put the armor on and I hid my intellectual, philosophical, whatever self to be like everybody else. And so by the time I was 16, I, I was really depressed and I knew I didn't want to, I couldn't go on feeling the way I did. So I figured I had two options, end it or change it. And so when I got my driver's license, I kind of went out in the world looking for connection. And, and, you know, I knew what I needed. I needed to be seen and accepted for who I was and to feel unconditionally loved. And I didn't know how to get that. And so you know, one of the first things I do is I just drive up and down the street and then be intentional about looking at people and getting curious about who they were and how, what we had in common. And that worked actually quite well. But after a couple of months, I got even more curious and I was like, oh, I need to know more about people. So I would just get out of my car and walk 
up and down the streets and go, hey, my name is Leslie. And, you know, <laughs> I struggled with this. What about you? And surprisingly, nobody ever said, oh, my God, go away, weirdo. Like, <laughs> it, what happened was, and I didn't know it then, but by my, my vulnerability created a, an immediate safe space mm-hmm. for somebody else to let down their armor. And the magic of taking the armor off is that when two people have the armor off, creativity kicks in and flows. And the the amount of connection, and it's it's hard coherence, right? But Mm. I had, for all my life, with strangers, these deep, intimate connections. I never saw them again. I never knew their names, but that love filled my heart. Oh. And allowed me to, to just perceive everything in the world as through rose-colored glasses, even mm. if it, they, does that so make sense? It does, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of interested to know what advice you would give to young teenagers, because it seems to me, I work in schools at universities, and it seems to me that they have an awful lot of armour. And they, yeah, they yeah and i just wonder what advice you would give to them you know i mean so i a couple years ago i wrote a curriculum for schools and for healthcare because i thought you know what if i go out and tell people take the armor off one by one it's too scary at this point you know and so i always thought we need to all do this together like leaders those who serve and those who are served in whatever systems there are but you know for kids I think the one practice that um, I did alone was, and we can do it now if you want, I would just like put my hand on my heart mm-hmm. and I would just like breathe in and, and just tell myself like, I'm safe, I've got you. And just repeat those <laughs> affirmations. And, you know, when, and that worked for me I and mean, I did it for many years, but, you know, one of the, I, think the best things is if we can learn to listen and the best way to listen is to look in somebody's eyes and I don't know if in all the uh, courses or personal development work whatever you've ever run into this but there's a an experiment which I would do with people and you don't speak you just look in somebody's eyes for like two to three minutes. And mm-hmm. the first minute is super uncomfortable, right? Like don't know whether I smile. But by minute two or three, you can feel the connection. And you know, I don't know in your experience if you found this, but I think most of us, including myself, when we get really off kilter and not true to who we are, is, is when we feel alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And I see now that the oneness I felt with the world is what gave me the courage, right? Mm. So connection was my courage. It's, re- it's really interesting. Sorry. It's really interesting, yeah. this connection between people, isn't it? Because I teach historical dance. And I got off mm-hmm. asked to go into a class the other day and talk about posture and eye contact and things like that. And everyone was looking at the floor while they were dancing. Mm-hmm. I said, well, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's all sorts of reasons why. But I said, just attract some attention. Just look at the person that you're working with right now. Move on to the next person. Look them in the eye. Try three seconds. 
And yeah. to, towards the end of the class, people were laughing and enjoying themselves. And I was thinking, wow. It, it really is so simple. And, you know, when I left work, I, I was a public health nurse for like 30 years. And mm. you know, I worked with low income women who were pregnant and had high risk pregnancies. And, you know, they would, I found out later that they had better life outcomes. And so an instructor, a college professor once in nursing said, you have to teach people, what are you doing? Yes. And I went, I don't think I'm doing anything. It has nothing to do with doing. Mm. It has to do with being, you know, and it, it, you know, any type of, of healing or to let the armor down, mm. you've got to be willing to sit in the vulnerability of your own being in order to allow somebody else to experience mm. the freedom of theirs, right? And with dance, I'm sure you saw too, and I found this with myself, like I recently was taking a belly dancing class. And if Ooh. I watched people and I watched the instructor to see what she was doing, I, I, I was kind of spastic, right? <laughs> but if I closed my eyes, now I do have a visual processing disorder too, but if I closed my eyes and just felt the music, I was grace. I was able to flow in the moment. Wow. So, you know, I, I think so here's what I found about the armor. And at the beginning of this journey in 2017, when I left work, I just followed my intuition for like the first year and a half and momentum was going. It was crazy. Every day I was pinching myself going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> and then I came back from a road trip and and something inside me said, girl, you got to get good before things get good. And I'm like, I didn't know what that meant. And I fought it. Like I rented an apartment a couple miles from where I sold my house for like mm. three times the price of my mortgage. And, and I kind of got in my head and I went, nope, I'm not doing this. I sat in an apartment for a month with no furniture, no TV, no cable, nothing, just an air mattress. Because I was like, I am not getting stuck here. And by starting a process, I was trying to figure out me personally, since I was a kid, I always wake up in the morning for the first hour or two. I, I kind of don't have any remembrance of the day before, what my passion is, who I am. It's kind of mm. like I'm lost, right? Mm. And I assume some trauma happened that I was blocking. And so I, I tried all these different methods of, of getting to my subconscious. And there was one where you write a question with your dominant hand. Mm -hmm. And then you allow your left hand to write the answer. Now, I'm not ambidextrous, but I could kind of tell. And so I asked this question and I went, why do we wake up every morning like this? And my left hand started to write the words, hate her. And I'm thinking, oh, good, we're going to get, what did my mom do? Like, that was the first thing I thought of. And I'm like, who do we hate? And the left hand wrote Leslie. And I'm like going, oh, shoot, I got work yeah. to do, right? Like, I didn't, I hate myself, what? And it didn't take long. I started writing to my younger self. And I realized that what happens with the armor, we put the armor, like there's a gift and a curse to, to our stories, right? And, and the yeah. gift is the pain. The gift is the hurt. Because when we acknowledge it, that's where growth grows. That's where compassion and empathy and unconditional love grow. And so the, the pain is the birthplace of possibility. But the curse is the armor we wear. 
okay. to prevent ourselves from receiving the gift. And the reason is that when you hide yourself from the world, it's, it's truly like saying to yourself, you're not worthy of being seen, mm. right? So there's this whole deep thing of self-abandonment, self-betrayal. We stop trusting ourselves. We don't feel safe with ourselves. And then we start looking to feel safe and trust other people. When in reality, if you can't trust yourself, you'll never trust anybody. And mm. if you can't feel safe with you, you'll truly genuinely never feel safe with anyone, right? So That's like, true. there's this illusion that the armor keeps us safe when, at least for me, the armor is what kept me stuck. It, mm. it kept me from out in the world that Leslie was, could have had anything she wanted. Unfortunately, I wanted connection. So I got tons of it, right? <laughs> but and that I got more than I could ever. But every time I went home and slipped under the armor and, and hid myself because I was always told I was too much, I was saying to myself, nope, forget that other person. You're not worthy of being, you know, it was just mm -hmm. this. And I think that happens to a lot of people. And I really think that's where um, racism and judgment bias comes from. Because if we can't accept ourselves, we'll truly never be able to accept anyone else unconditionally. Very true. Do you, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, have yeah. you had experiences of that in your life? Like, you know, where, you're uncomfortable and so like you slip under the armor in a situation have you seen a difference in the way your life goes under the armor versus yeah the i used to do that a lot because the, there was an expectation both in the corporate world and the education world that one behaves like this or that and that's how you should be and then i suddenly decided well <laughs> that's not me i'm a bit of a rebel yeah. sometimes with a cause and sometimes not <laughs> <laughs> me too me too yeah sometimes someone says the sky is blue and I'll be like nope it's black no, 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 <laughs> no. It's, it's not it's not the right kind of blue <laughs> and yeah. so and so it led me down the path of uh being made redundant several times and then you suddenly think to yourself well maybe this isn't for me actually and mm -hmm. I can keep my opinions to myself or I can give my opinions in my own way and work for myself so uh, I went back to work for myself and I have to say I've never been happier since yeah you know I am um, I it's funny I just as I said I had a part-time job and and like you know I've been following my intuition for most of my life and what I found though is that it's it's much easier to let your heart guide you Oh. And to stay out of fear when you have a purpose. Yeah. Right? So I worked all those years. Went to school. I was, my heart was filled. And so it was much easier. That heart coherence with other people kept me resilient. And it kept my body, like it was crazy. I had illnesses my whole life. And even though I would feel symptoms, what? the love that I had in my heart masked my blood work always came up fine mm. and I was like oh, this is like I walked around with bowel obstruction for three years and I kept saying doctors this is a bowel obstruction trust me I know it like every time I eat and but the test kept coming up negative and mm. I and that was kind of with everything in my life tests were always negative and with the bowel obstruction it took me going into a doctor who thank god was crazy enough I said cut me open I know there's valve obstruction and there was 18 inches of 
bowel trapped up in my thoracic cavity, you know, but no test picked it up. That's how powerful love is. It kind of like masked. And, and when I left work in 2017, as I said, for the first year and a half, it was going good. Then I uncovered all um, some very significant learning challenges. Like, seriously, I don't know how I graduated from college twice (laughs) with honors. Like I, I realized I never read a book. I can read words, but I don't have my verbal processing. I mean, my processing wow. is not good. And, but anyhow, so as I started to try to figure out how to work with that and I, you know, COVID hit, right? So like oh. I fell out of heart coherence and for the first time in my life, um, I felt scared and I felt alone. And, you know, basically, I've looked at my life as a big experiment because I've always jumped in holes (laughs) to see what it feels like and how to get out. This one was way deeper than I imagined. And um, it, you know, it validated what I saw most of my life that, that truly in order to be resilient and in order to be your best self, not only do you have to be yourself, but you have to feel one with the world. Yeah. you have to feel like you're not hanging out alone because life's too, it's amazing, but it's also can be really scary if you think you're alone. I think you're right. And, and a lot of the youngsters that I work with actually do feel very alone. And even, yeah. even though they have people around them that love them and friends that think they think they're friends, but there is this sort of self-imposed isolation, I guess, that some some young people go through, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, here's what I found. Over the past couple of years, I learned way too much stuff. And it's funny because Lisa Nichols, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but yes. a long time ago, I, I signed up for a retreat of hers. And I mean, this is how crazy it was for a year and a half. Something in my gut went, you have to take this retreat. She wasn't even selling it. She was coaching and, and it, it was just all these weird synchronicities, but I signed up for this retreat, didn't know how much it was. I went to the back of the room, said that retreat thing, is she going to sell it at some point? They're like, yes. I said, here's my credit card. Don't even tell me, just charge it. And I'm pretty cheap. Like I grew up with a gambler father, right? So I don't, mm. that's not part of my MO, but at the end of the night, she came over to me. She goes, all I need to tell you is you're going to have to forget what you know. And I, I remember thinking, what the hell is she talking about? I don't know anything. Like this was the beginning of the journey. And, you know, I realize now how knowledge has gotten in my way. Okay. Right? Like I've, I've had wisdom my whole life and wisdom allowed me to trust my heart over my head. And okay. knowledge right? Knowledge can sometimes keep us in the head. And I think where I'm going this with your kids is, and with children, it's like the amount of information that we have access to mm-hmm. is just astounding. Do you think it and not all of it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not only that, it becomes a source of comfort. Yeah. For a while there, TED Talks were my best friend. And then, you know, it was much safer to sit in front of a computer um, it's also the energy of the computer. I think that mm. really messes with our brains. Um, mm. 
So there are a lot of things that, I, you know, for young kids who would ask me, I would start out with that I am safe and, okay. and start a process of, of becoming comfortable you know, you don't know who you are when you're 17 or 18 and no. you're not supposed to. That's that's the whole point. But make that their prime goal is to like find out who they are and, you know, and, and find out what they need to feel safe because everything in life really is about feeling safe at the bottom, you know, yeah. under the armor, under it's, you look at where we oh. all go astray and it's usually because we don't feel safe physically or emotionally. Okay. real or perceived doesn't yeah I, th I think you're super, you like sorry yeah I was just going to say I, I think you're so fortunate to have been doing what you do for a very very long yeah. time and and I just wondered how some of the success principles fit with what you know already yeah well as I said the affirmations right okay. since a very early age I was guided I am safe the world's a loving, accepting place. Okay. The world's a loving, accepting place. And I, you, I didn't know it then, but like I, um, I recently found out like I have visual incongruence and visual processing disorders. I'm autistic. I went, oh, now I know why I close my eyes all the time, <laughs> right? Because there's too much visual stimulation. But by doing that, when I closed my eyes as a kid, I would picture the world I've visioned everything and like even now like I see I didn't realize that when I close my eyes I see what's ahead and I don't know whether I thought of it first or it's there and I go towards it but it's the affirmations the visioning mm. um it's uh they're really powerful aren't they? yeah they're extremely powerful um and you know knowing what you want I was never really good on that because <laughs> of your it changes every day I guess at the end it doesn't like even now I see where I'm going is uh, it's it's traveling the world and just being like a global minister of heart like I just want to listen to people and share love and that's what I want to do and you know that's not very specific for business but I mean that has never changed how to get there changes all the time yeah but I don't, I think more than knowing what you want, you have to know what fills your heart. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's the sort of the passion of where you feel, where you feel right. And, yeah. and everything and it, around you is right. That's it. There are moments where you go, yes, this is it. Now, where you're getting in trouble is like, as long as when I don't think about what I'm doing, when I just follow my heart, Oh. No lie, I've excelled at everything I do, everything really? I touch, I excel at. Yeah, wow. yeah. Anything, but once I started thinking, and that's just, you know, that's the way my brain works. Once I start thinking and trying to plan it, uh, I'm done. I've, I've yeah. failed more time, you know, and, but for kids too, when you were saying like some of the other, I call them hard healings now that I used, it was the, I am safe. Um, it was giving others what I needed, uh, mm. breathing. Another yeah. thing that I realized I always did, I always played this game when I was younger. I remember I would hold my breath, like I'd hold my belly in <laughs> as I breathe. Right. Okay. And I would imagine it 
going from like my feet up to my head. And then I would try to circle it back down. So it was like a rubber band that I was following, right? Yeah. And, and here now I'm going, oh my God, when I was certified to teach, trained in Reiki, like I was telling the girl how I breathe, she's like, masters do that. And I'm like, oh my God, like all these things, again, it, I just listened. It was mm. something else bigger than me telling me to do these things but it was also using our energy and recirculating our own energy oh. I, I think that was huge um yeah for kids yeah. and you know um some of the other things is just perception was huge perception I repeat all the time it's not about me it's not about me it's even if it was about me now I go it's not about me realizing it's just changing and going okay like if somebody responds poorly to you like it's their stuff it's not yours chance so just don't own it that's the you know looking and things to help me get a really good perception that ability to shift it in my favor um were things like looking for the lesson always Mm -hmm. going okay what can I learn from this what am Mm -hmm. I meant to learn from this what am I meant to learn from other people so it's it's just consciously looking for where life is helping you not trying to knock you down yeah because people do enough yeah, there's enough yeah. people around to do that really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like, as, these past few years, like, I always saw the best in people. And, you know, I realized, though, it was because of that heart coherence that I really did see the best in people. Yeah. Because they allowed themselves to be themselves. Yeah. And at our core, I think we are all love. It's, it's when we live our lives, not... And congruence with who we know we are that like we get kind of um, messed up but looking at the world today it, it is kind of uh we have a very codependent culture do you have that in oh yes yes yeah it's like we have these people who you have a whole bunch of people who are way too confident like I, I sit in and a whole bunch of coaching, just I want to hear what people are telling. And yeah. I'm going, oh my God, like, please don't listen to that person. And then, <laughs> you know, everyone tries to fix other people. Like, yeah. I, yeah. And, you know, and, and we, I don't think any of us are broken. We're just a little lost. And hmm. I where think I think it's right there. But it's, it's, yeah. fine. it's finding this inner seed, this passion for whatever it is that you need to be doing with your life that hasn't been discovered yet. And going yeah. through lots of different things to find that I think is really important. And, and I, had, I had a young guy once in a school and he said, do you know what? He said, I really fancy going to Australia. And I said, OK, why is that then? And he said, well, my sister lives there, but my parents say I'll never amount to anything or pass any exams. I said, oh, OK. All right. So why don't you just ignore all of those people? Try the very best you can. Get yourself a little part time job. Save up, get a passport, go to Australia, tour, tour Australia, go see your sister and see where life takes you. And he said, can you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and it's I, you know, I 
I wouldn't want to be a kid right now. No. Growing up in this world. I really wouldn't because, you know, it's, as I said, you have all these people fixing and what I don't think they realize is when we try to fix people, it's because we need to feel valuable, right? But yeah, I yeah. never knew what the gift I had was. Like every conversation in my life, I would hear, wow, thank you so much. What a <laughs> gift you have. And the validation was amazing. It was amazing. Every day, every conversation I was validated. But I always would turn my back and go, what the hell are they talking about? I don't, I didn't know what made them, I wasn't doing anything. So what made them say that? And what I realized it was authenticity mm-hmm. that allowed them, there was two things. When our hearts are open and, and we don't, we're not wearing the armor, mm-hmm. people can actually see themselves through your heart. It's crazy. I, and I just had an experience last week. I was on a Zoom call and uh, we did that process. It just, they paired us out in two and you just sat in a Zoom room for yeah. a couple of minutes. No words spoken. You just looked at each other. And so, and you were supposed to come back and report what you felt. And some gentleman, and I could feel he was, he was trying to be super strong, but he said like, in that room with Leslie goes, I've never felt so loved in my life. And he said, it was just incredible. And he's at the end, he goes, but like the last minute through her, I saw the love I'm capable of. And I went, Oh my God, like I didn't do anything. That's crazy. That's, That's heart coherence. And every single one of us has that in us. Mm. Well, you know, and I I think that's just such a valuable, valuable statement and a valuable conversation to anyone who's listening to this, Uh, because unfortunately we have to come to a close shortly. Yeah. Um, But I I do want to thank you for your insights. I found it really, really interesting that from from the from the armor through to being an authentic self is is quite a journey that you've been through on and I hope anyone listening will just be themselves and stop trying to be anything that anybody else wants to be so on that note I'm just going to say thank you so much for joining me today Leslie it's been amazing thank you thank you